for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 31 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And this is our Force Awakens super show. Well, it was supposed to be a super show. Uh, There were some elements beyond our control. We had a lot of guests lined up. We were going to come back to the house as soon as we got done seeing the movie and record immediately. And needless to say, that didn't happen. But luckily enough, we got one of those guests to come in and sit with us this week. My future brother-in-law, you've heard us mention him uh, many a time on the show before. Keith, you want me to say your last name or no? Wanzak. Yeah, good luck spelling that. It's, uh, it's spelled like it sounds. Bratana Nanaluski. Bratana Spelled like it sounds. So, normally when we have a new guest on, we do the uh, Star Wars memories. First experiences of Star Wars, etc., etc. We're going to forgo that this time, so you have to come back a second time. But also because I think we got a little something else to talk about this week that might take a little precedence over all that. So, uh, right now I'm sitting at three times seeing The Force Awakens. Will, you're sitting I've, at the same. I've seen it three times. And you've still only seen it the first time when we all went? Just the once, yeah. Okay. So, just real quickly... Uh, what did you guys think? I thought it was incredible. Yeah. I really loved it. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I'm generally pretty harsh on movies. That is true. That is true. Nothing bad to say about The Force Awakens. Uh, you know what? I, I wondered if after a few viewings I would have something. And granted, I'm, I'm going to watch this movie a lot more than three times. Like This, this is going to be one of those movies that I watch a few times every year, just in rotation with the other movies. Um Thus far, I have not a single complaint. Not a real complaint. I have little nitpicky stuff here and there, but whatever. Um, I loved it. Uh, I was. This was something I was super anxious about. I lost sleep over it in the days leading up to it, and uh, I, I honestly can't say enough good things about it. Cast members who I didn't think I would like, Adam Driver, I thought he did a decent job. He makes a good villain. He does. He's a creepy, rapey villain, but he makes a good villain. You know what I mean? Um, 
And then, you know, anytime you have an unknown like Daisy Ridley uh, coming in as Ray. And uh, she's you, beautiful. I mean, she you, she's a great actress and she's just beautiful. You run that risk, though, of Female it's an unknown. Actress. You know what I'm saying? It's, uh, you know, John Boyega's been in some stuff. Adam Driver's been in some stuff. The comedy was um, on point. Uh yeah, and you know what? Uh, we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, I know I don't have complaints, but I'll re- I'll bring up some of the small complaints I've seen online. Um, who was you guys' favorite character? New character? Oh, that's hard. Uh, Stuff, right? I don't dislike a single character. Like, I love the prequels, but there's characters I don't like. In this, there's not a single character where I can be like, that character sucked. They all contribute to the team in such a way that I I don't know that I can pick a favorite. Like I'm I really like Maz Kanata. I know that's weird. Right? I mean, I like her too. I'm looking forward to knowing more about Maz Kanata. Right. I think the there's story more of to how know. She came to possess the lightsaber of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um I think it's interesting. Um you know in the second trailer we got, the one with the the Luke voiceover, there's a scene of Maz Kanata handing Luke's lightsaber to Leia at the Resistance base. There are a couple scenes from those yeah. trailers that were cut. That you know, I mean, that happens all the time. I know, but I mean, it's really interesting um, because there, I haven't didn't see a couple of those scenes but at all. To me, that means that at one point there was a, a section of the story where Maz Kanata was at the Resistance base with all of them. That's just not in the movie. We didn't never see her again after the attack on her right her bar or her castle or whatever it is. What about you, Keith? Who did you like? I guess if I had to pick one, I would say Ray. Uh, yeah, it's see, it's tough for me too because like the first time I watched it, I was like Finn is my dude. I like Finn. He's funny. He's badass. Like he's the dude that was a bad guy made it. You know, tried to turn his life around and just like there's, there's some of the funny shit he said like. um I'm Finn, and I'm in charge now, Phasma. I'm in charge. And Han's like, take it down, Bring kid. it down a notch. Bring it down a notch. And then, like, when Han's like, is there a... Oh, speaking of which, I, I guess we should have given this at the beginning. I'm just too fucking excited. But if you haven't seen the movie, stop listening right now. This is going to be spoiler-filled. Yeah. So, if you haven't you know, seen Star Wars 7, uh, we apologize for just diving in. But at right. this point, I'm just too fucking excited. Listening. I've been waiting to record this since last Thursday. And just compiling thoughts, but yeah, when, we are going to talk some uh, spoilers, and we are going to talk about what's in the movie. I like his line when uh, Han Solo, when they're trying to figure out what to do with Phasma, when he's like, um, "Is there a trash compactor?" And he goes, "Yeah, there is." <laughs> like uh, I don't know. Like um, I also like when uh, I don't know, man. There's just I like so that that was my first viewing. On the second view- viewing, I was like, you know what? Ray is the truth. That's who I like. Ray is my lady. And I think that's going to I'm always partial to the Jedi character and clearly that's the path she's on now. So I'm have a feeling that she, overall over the trilogy as long as they keep her character strong like she was in this one, I'm going to be a big fan of Ray going forward. I don't think she's going to lose any strength of character. It's only going to grow. Yeah, I think we're only going to get more character development cuz when you think about it, we don't have a ton for her, but this is meant to be a trilogy. You know, they wanted to give us the seeds. We got enough to know we like her or, or, or whatnot. Um, and then the third time, like Poe, I also like Poe a lot. I have to say, Steve was right. There was at least one flashback, and it was when she grabbed the saber. Poe was probably my second favorite. I thought he was pretty cool, too. Yeah, my favorite Poe line is when they're um, breaking off of the Star Destroyer in the beginning. <coughs> 
<coughs> and um and Finn is like, you know, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna take you into the hangar and we're going to take a TIE fighter. And Poe goes, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. I also really like um, when uh, Poe finally reunites with BB-8. And it's like, you know, you sort of see that in the other movies where like they're attached to these droids like they would be a pet almost. But they really amped it up in this one and really made it like people care about these robots just when in other sci-fi they're just robots you know a lot of they're a tool a lot of the performance of the poe dameron character is very genuine like Mm -hmm. everything about that is genuine i think that dude i mean that dude has already been in lots of stuff and he's already got an impressive career i think of all the people that's probably i think he's going to be the quote-unquote harrison ford of this trilogy where he goes on to do some really impressive stuff i mean he's already going to be playing the villain in the new x-men and that could go either way, honestly, you know. But still, I thought he was awesome. BB-8, awesome. Like, I love R2 and, and C-3PO. Within minutes, I cared more about BB-8 than I have about any droid in any other Star Wars. Right. They made him really uh, expressive. And they did some... My favorite BB-8 moment is when Finn gives him the thumbs up and he sticks out his little robot arm and flicks the lighter to do yeah. a thumbs up. Yeah. So funny. I like when he shocks Finn. Oh, I do he too. Him for the first time, he just rolls up and he's like, hey, you. Because he's got his master's jacket on, which is a cool jacket, by the way. I really like that jacket. I would wear that jacket every day if I had it. It'd that, be that jacket 103 exists degrees somewhere. Up. Well, you can you can buy children's versions of that jacket at the Disney store. Ain't no way that's fitting me. It would look like a Han Solo vest on me. You could commission your own jacket. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Do, so, do we want to talk about the movie sort of plot by plot almost? Um this is just going to have to be a broad stroke. Yeah, I mean, we haven't We have we, this has all been built up and bottled up for the last few days i really really thought the opening shot of the movie was a neat send up to a new hope while also being you know sort of its own original thing right but like how you see jakku and then it's completely uh eclipsed by the new um first order star destroyer i thought that was cool um really i mean i can't think there's you know as far as sequences that I didn't think were all that great, I still don't think the Rathtar thing is the strongest thing in the movie. No, it's not. It's fun. It's over quick enough to where it doesn't bog the movie down, but like, I don't think it's ever going to be one of my favorite sequences in that movie when they're just running from the big balls that have tentacles on them. You know what I mean? I mean, it sort of felt like they just needed to have their monster scene and... Yeah, there you go. that's what it, it was. It was their monster scene, and you know it served its purpose. It does have my favorite, my favorite Han Solo line. Uh, speaking of which, you know, say what you will about the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, maybe not the most proficient uh, Harrison Ford performance. You know what I mean? Indiana Jones Four. Never seen. You've it. never seen it. You're no. not missing all that much. But you know, there's always. That worry that it's Han Solo, it's Harrison Ford as Han Solo. There's no way it's going to ever live up to the hype that's in my head of finally getting to see Han Solo again. And it did. It did. He hit the nail on the head. 
uh, by being Han Solo. But you know when he's in between the the Guavian Death Gang and the Kanja Club Gang, and the Guavian guys like you also owe money to Kanja Club, and he's like Kanja Club, you know you can't trust those little freaks. I love that line. Oh, I like when he's uh, when they. They ask him what he's going to do, and he's going, I'm talking my way out of it. Yeah, and Chewie's like, just like I do every time. Chewie in this movie, in my personal opinion, is the best Chewie has ever been. It's really cool. He's really involved in in a major part of everything. Yeah, and it's the like they get the balance right of the humor. They use Chewie for some humorous moments and some really cool moments. And some really potent and emotional moments. Yeah, and then... Uh, I thought the costume looked good because the episode three Chewie always looked off to me. I don't know if it's that they were trying to just make him look younger. And so, you know, in doing so, they just. Yeah, there was just something odd about him in episode three. I thought he looked awesome in this one. Incredible. Um, Leia, great. You know, was she the strongest part of the movie? No. But was she better than what I would have she exceeded my expectations let's just say she did a fantastic job and she looked great <clears throat> i thought they did a good job of not having a whole whole lot of her though i thought that was good you know what uh, and it makes me sad that that's sort of the way they almost had to go you know what i mean but i didn't feel like the movie was lacking in leia i this is what i gotta say it was impressive to me that what han shows up 30, 45 minutes. It takes, what, 30, 45 minutes of the movie before Han shows up? And I would have expected me to be sitting in the theater going, where's Han? Where's Han? Where's Han? I like the new characters and the action and the story so much that I was I was fine. Like, I wasn't sitting there wondering, all right, we got to get to Han. Where the fuck was Han? And I told you guys, after that first viewing, I felt like I only saw... 60 to 70 percent of the movie because something would happen and then i would start thinking and being like uh wait something else would happen did that just happen did they really just say because early on uh they say um they sort of start alluding to the whole kylo is han and well he's related really early oh yeah they did that you could literally when they drop it for real when snoke says your father your father han solo and you that's when they finally dropped that on you you could feel the air in the theater leave everybody was like what the fuck yeah we had a really good group too there was a big applause when the star wars hit the screen i mean that yeah the first night i have to be honest every time i've seen it there's huge applause at the end there was today when i went the first time all the right moments. Unfortunately, Leia didn't get applause when we saw it the first time. And that kind of bummed me out just because, look, okay, she doesn't look like the Leia we know and love, but it's still Leia. It's still Carrie Fisher. Give her a little applause. I clapped. I think I was the only one. I was slow clapping, too. Like, Leia. <laughs> um, uh, let me see. I really liked Hux. Hux was really evil and like really Space Hitler. Pompous. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna enjoy seeing him get his. I kind of expected him to die. Uh, I'm glad that he, he was, didn't. Cause yeah, he's so evil. He's he was sort, sort of the Tarkin evil. Yeah, of this movie. So I thought he was gonna go down with the Star Killer base. And I, like I said, I'm glad he was because you know that gives us more time to develop that villain. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I sort of 
am not a huge fan of the one and done nature of the villains in the prequels. Yeah. You know what I'm no, saying? No, like Darth Maul's maybe one of the best and he's wasted so early. We're done immediately. And then Count Dooku, if you look at the actual screen time that Count Dooku has, he's barely into and dies immediately at the beginning of one. Yep. He's basically there for three. there to be a lightsaber fight. You know what I'm saying? Uh, three. My bad. Yeah. And then you get rid of Dooku, so you have to have another villain to, uh, you know, hold that role until Anakin becomes Vader. That's what you do with Grievous. You know what I mean? Um, so I thought what would be interesting might be to tell you guys. So I've been doing a lot of research <coughs> since Some the movie came the out. Scenes information. Yeah. Would we you like to know a little into. backstory information that might flesh the movie out a little for you? I'm yes. gonna be excited to hear this. Okay. So, um, one of the main questions I keep seeing people bring up is: Is that Coruscant that gets blown up by Star Killer Base? And just to preface this, you have read the novel. Yes, Star I've Wars, read the episode seven. Mm-hmm. I the read, Force I got Awakens the Kindle edition novel. and read it on my phone, and that's where most of this information. That is. and I've read, uh, you know, uh, some of the visual dictionary and the cross sections book. There's a lot of like. I just wanted to say that to preface what we're going to talk about, and it's it's you know it's yeah canon right what we're talking about here now uh, uh, in a little bit I'll get into some of the differences between the book and the movie that as far as I know are considered canon. They might give us some hints at what's to come, too. So, um, like I said, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people have been wondering if that's the, if it's Coruscant that gets blown up by the Starkiller base. Because we see that planet briefly, like everybody's watching, and it looks a little like Coruscant. It's definitely a cityscape. Yeah, but it's not. It's Hosnian Prime. The entire Hosnian or Hosnian, that would be Hosnian? Halsnian. It was the Halsnian system. It's a system of five planets that basically makes up the core of the Republic at this time. The New Republic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Halsnian Prime (laughs) is where the Senate and shit is. So the entire Senate got wiped out in one fell swoop. Now, that's not always where it is. Apparently, every few years they move the location of the Senate by vote. And it's just sort of... I don't understand why they do that, but it's... I would imagine because of a Death Star-like scenario. Well, I think it's because... So no one system can claim ultimate power, sort of like Coruscant did. Right. Um, It does make me wonder if we'll ever see Coruscant in these movies. I mean, if they have a good reason to go there, then maybe. Um, But yeah, that's that's what happened there. And you only get the briefest mention of the the Hosnian or the Hosnian system uh, in the movie. So I could see why that would be a little confusing to some people. Um, do you guys remember, do you know who Lor Santeca is? They never even say his name in the movie. He's the He's guy at the, the very beginning. The old guy in the beginning that, that gives, gives Poe the map. Yeah, I was wondering who he was. <clears throat> so that's, you know, the actor is Max von Sydow. He's the guy that played the priest and the exorcist. Right. He's done other things, but that's, that's like the scariest movie ever to me, so that's just what I equate him with. Boom. Instantly now, your mind goes. Now he's in Star Wars. Um, he's been around since the prequels and was like a fan of the Jedi and an advocate for the Jedi that that even after the Emperor brand, branded them all as traitors and shit, he still stuck up for them. He even started a church called the Church of the Force. 
he's not Je- he's not force sensitive he's not a jedi he's just a follower of the light side of the force basically and he even says you know um the return the jedi's return will start to bring balance to the force so he's in he's in deep with his whole belief um of the jedi and stuff and basically what he did from what i can understand is you know when the empire took over they erased all record of the jedi you know maps artifacts he traveled the galaxy trying to restore that knowledge you know of what the jedi did what their where their temples were and stuff and then eventually just retired on jakku so and had like his little commune there so all right so the, while you're talking about that where did the like the map piece come from i have no idea i wish i could tell you that i don't know to me it seems silly i don't think he had it the whole time because I think he would have given it to him way or before now. How did it be, how did it get to him? Did he find it on a journey somewhere? Because they make it kind of seem like he just hangs out on Jakku now. Did one of his followers find it and bring it to him? You know, that's a good question that I don't know the answer to. I just didn't know if there was something I missed because you know, only seeing it once, like you were saying, um, I'm pretty sure I missed some stuff. Um, oh yeah, I need to see it again, and that was one of those things that I wasn't sure about. Um. So um, the uh, the map itself, there's a little bit of interesting. So the huge map um, that R2 has inside him that is missing the piece, that is basically just a map of where every Jedi temple is in the galaxy. And that one little chunk that's missing that, you know, BB-8 has is the section that pertains to the unknown regions. It's a region of the galaxy that's not heavily explored or populated. Um, and it also contains information about where the first Jedi temple is. That's what that is. Um, interesting enough, they said the R2 has that map in his system. I thought this was kind of neat. He has that map in his system from when he connected to the Death Star's Imperial database in A New Hope. When he was scanning and downloading information trying to find Leia, he downloaded that. And the only, the slightest little reference we get to that in The Force Awakens is when Ray or... Ray is being uh, interrogated by Kylo, and he's like, we just need that last piece. We got the rest from the Imperial database, or the Imperial archives, or whatever right. it is. Right, he, he does say that, yeah. So they basically got it from the same place R2 did. <clears throat> um, um, I don't know, is there anything else you guys have questions about that I might know? I've been doing lots of research on this. Uh, Ricotta Prime? Uh, not, that's not it. They've said that the, the, that was the theory that Luke is on Ricotta Prime, which in the old canon was basically where the Jedi originated from. And, um, one of their guys, Pablo Hildago said that it's not that planet. It's a completely new planet that is as yet unnamed. That's all they've said. Okay, cool. Um, I don't know. What was some other cool stuff that I saw? (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think now. Those were just two of the bigger ones that I. Oh, I came some across. of the stuff we discussed. Uh, Kylo Ren putting his helmet in the ashes. Oh yeah, did you notice that? No. Okay, so when he's um interrogating Ray, and she tells him, you know, why would I answer a creature in a mask or whatever? He takes his helmet off and then immediately puts it on a podium that's filled with ashes. Or dirt, 
or something. And I didn't notice it until the third time seeing it. Like the third time seeing it, I was like, wait a second. Why is there dirt in this Death Star? You know what I'm saying? Such a clean, sterile environment. And um, I asked Jason from Making Star Wars about it. And Will and I talked about it. And the only thing, and all three of us have pretty much the same theory, is that it's the, the cremated remains of Darth Vader. Like it's an urn, basically. Now... Is that something that will get explained further ever? I doubt it. I can't see them taking, you know, a three to four minute break in a movie to be like, oh, remember this random podium full, filled with dirt? That's Darth Vader's remains. And, I mean, what is is he trying to imbue his helmet with the power of Darth Vader? You know what I'm saying? And when he implies, he <laughs> has that little crisis of consciousness and he's talking to what seems like the disembodied spirit of Darth Vader, his grandfather, and he asks him to show him again the mm-hmm. darkness. And the, I brought up the the point that you know that means that Darth, what he thinks of as Darth Vader, might have shown him something in a vision already. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering what that was about. <coughs> also, well, you know, and the fact that Anakin redeemed himself, and probably yeah. if we're going to appear as a ghost to Kylo, would not appear as Vader. Well, I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. Because there has been a little speculation about that. And originally, and and I still sort of lean to the fact that Darth Vader has never honestly communicated with Kylo. I think Snoke made it seem like he did. I think so too. There's also a theory that I've seen is that um, perhaps Anakin in the afterlife is sort of floating in between the light and the dark side sort of the whole balance of the force things sometimes his spirit is a little more anakin sometimes it's a little more vader you know what i'm saying because he redeemed himself but then pretty much immediately died there was not a whole lot of resolution to all the shit he did you know what i'm saying yeah he killed the emperor brought balance to the force but still he's got a lot on his fucking conscience you know what i'm saying he massacred kids so i kind of like that theory but once again that's something that's sort of nebulous and mystical that would be really hard to explain in a movie and i don't even know that they would no i assume that it's snoke um put snoke 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 playing mind tricks with him i mean he's so good at the mind the mind force powers anyway ben solo is right so that would have been one of my questions if i could have thought about it though because um i wondered that during the movie like why is he only focusing on the dark part of vader because he did eventually turn towards the light again well there's a part in the book that's actually pretty interesting that's not in the movie and it's snoke and kylo talking to each other and snoke is sort of trying to i think it's around the time where he's sort of amping him up trying to get him to kill han solo or trying to convince him that he needs to do that and he says to him like we both know how great of a man your grandfather was but what was his one shortcoming And Kylo says, uh, when he faltered towards the light and killed the Emperor. I'm paraphrasing here. This isn't the exact. So, in Kylo's mind, he's been led to believe that Darth Vader's biggest mistake ever wasn't killing the the younglings, wasn't turning to the dark side and betraying his, his friends and his family and his, you know, his government and stuff. It was going to the light side and killing the Emperor. So, he's pretty fucked up in the head. And he's been manipulated in the book they they go into some detail more detail about snoke and kylo's relationship and kylo in the book at least snoke has been 
working on Kylo for a long time since he was a kid. And Leia kept kept it from Han. She was afraid that Snoke might influence him and take him to the dark side, but she didn't want to tell Han because she didn't think he would understand. It's a little bit of the information about their breakup and their relationship that we don't get in the movie. Yeah, I was wondering if there was any more backstory to that, like <clears throat> why he's mad at them because they allude to her sending him away, right? Yeah, I think <clears> – and I don't know that it's even – I think he was like a – like a, he was a bad kid. You know what I mean? I think they had problems with him. I shouldn't have sent him away. Mm-hmm. It's that she's talking about she shouldn't have sent away Ben. Yes. To be with Luke. Yes. Because that's when she lost him and Han. Yes. Now, <clears throat> what's so wrong with sending Ben off to train with Luke? I think that's where she's mistaken. I don't necessarily. I gotta say, I don't necessarily agree with her on that. Like, I think if your son is starting to go towards the dark side, the only choice you have now. I mean, it's tough to say without seeing more of the backstory, but I guess Luke failed. Luke was not able to keep his his nephew from going to the dark side. From what we can see, he's pretty fucking dark side. Um, but it is it's interesting that he's basically the opposite of Darth Vader, where instead of being dark and pulled to the light, well, no, I'm saying this wrong. He was light and then got t- pulled to the dark. But, like, he's got that. You hear him say it in that, that speech where he's talking to the, the helmet. Uh, I still feel, I feel it again, the pull towards the light. Um, but interesting, I think. Like, it seems to me um, that they are trying to set up some sort of redemption for him. Set the seeds for him to be redeemed in some way or turn back to the light side. And I guess we should just go ahead and fucking talk about it now because we're going to have to at uh, at some point. Motherfucker kills Han Solo, yo. You're not going to... In my mind, and other people may be different, but in my mind, unredeemable. You're going to have to go really far to redeem that. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to have to bring Boba Fett back from the dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That wouldn't even do it for me. I'd be like, all right, you brought Boba Fett in, but fuck it, you still killed Han Solo. Yeah, that's one of the things that, like, we talked about uh, a little, actually, before the podcast about the parallels between this movie and uh, A New Hope and how uh, there's lots of parallels to the prequels, or not the prequels, the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sort of, one of the things I said was I hope that it doesn't pull all the way through, that there still are some twists on that. And one of the things that makes me think that is that Kylo, like, seems to have some doubt. Like, Vader never had doubt mm-hmm. until the end. And then he was like, mm-hmm. you know, wait a minute. And so the fact that he seems to be having some doubt might send him up to go super dark. Right. Might be pretty cool. Well, this is what makes me think you may be right about him going super dark. Is if you think about it, Kylo in this trilogy, or at least in this first movie, has some pretty strong parallels with Luke. He's almost like a dark side Luke. You know what I'm saying? Um, Whereas Luke, before he found out that Vader was his father had this idealistic version of his father in his head you know he was a jedi blah 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 his his friend vader betrayed and murdered him etc etc he was friends with this badass dude obi-wan that gave me a fucking lightsaber you know what i mean um kylo has an idealistic version of darth vader in his head like in the opposite direction right and luke's final test to become a jedi obi-wan and yoda tell him if you want to, your final te- piece of training is to defeat Vader, 
Luke and or Obi Wan and Yoda want Luke to kill Vader and the Emperor. That's what they want. They don't think Vader can be brought back, and they definitely don't think that Vader is going to then in turn kill the Emperor for Luke. You know what I mean? Right. Kylo's test, his big test, is killing his father. It's the same thing, yeah. Except his father's not a Jedi. You see what I'm saying? He hit, but to complete his fall to the dark side, he has to get rid of Han Solo. Wow. Do you guys think at and honestly, any point yeah. that was what the Emperor wanted to do to Luke? Yes, inevitably, he wanted to make Luke's Luke fall to Vader. the dark side by him killing his father and taking his place. Yep. Now, do you guys think that at any point Kylo really? intended not to kill han solo do you think i think yes no i don't i think think the the telling line is when he says there's something i have to do but i don't think i'm strong enough and i need your help i don't think he means give up the first order give up the dark side and go back to the light i think he's meaning there's an interesting moment in that scene where at the light fades like the light from the sun mm-hmm. is finally drained and it fades. And right. I mean, the symbolism darkness. is not subtle at all it's in that scene. All. Not at all. It's great. But th- I think a moment there when he's like, I'm being torn. Like, I think he's being honest there that he's being torn in two directions. But I think there, immediately. He wanes, he wanes to the dark side instantly. Immediately after. he uh, He's like, I think he means the minute he hands that saber over. To, uh, to Han, he he's planning kill on him killing him. I, I thought it was interesting and a nice sort of like, aw, touch when Han, Held he dies. Face. Yeah, oh, yeah. Touches his face. But then Han falls into the light. Did you notice that? He falls into the light after he dies. I didn't notice that, but now that you mention it. <clears throat> Have you had anybody ask you, do you think Han's gonna is is really dead? Well, as I've told you, I work with people that are just not cool right and no one that i work with has seen it yet i'm so oh disappointed i can't There's even no fathom that to about there it, it's pretty sad so no no one has asked me any i've wrong. had that asked a couple of times do you think han is really dead and yes yes yes, yes. oh yes i'm i mean maybe we'll get i don't think it's possible we get force ghost han because he's not force sensitive no maybe you get maybe memory memory han yeah since they sort of started the precedent with the vision in this one um you might get some flashback mm-hmm. kylo ren young mm-hmm. stuff young mm-hmm. han solo kylo ren you know it's this the kind of stuff you could do where like you bring him back to to film for a day or two yeah um and maybe he would be down with that um so let's talk about that fucking vision so they go to maz kanata's castle to try and uh so she can help them get to the resistance. You know what I mean? And basically the saber starts calling to Ray in no other way to put it. Something somebody had to bring to my attention, that chest that she opens that the, the saber is in is apparently either the same type of chest or the exact chest that Obi-Wan pulls that same saber out of in A New Hope. Oh, wow. I didn't notice that. So, um, she touches it and then she has a force vision basically. Now, originally when it starts off and she's like in the hallway, I thought that was cause the, the vision itself, there's some back and forth, like some of it's stuff that's about to happen later in the movie and some of it's backstory. I thought that that was her on Starkiller base. 
It's not. That's on Bespin. That's on Bespin. Yeah, yes. I've never recognized the Cloud City background. I, it took a second for me to recognize that. And you also hear Luke screaming no yeah. from Empire Strikes Back yeah, at that I very moment. So it's not just her history or Kylo's history. Some sabers. of it's the Saber's history. Uh, you know, you also hear Yoda and Obi-Wan's voice in that flashback. And they actually got Frank Oz and Ewan McGregor to come and record those lines, which I thought was a neat little touch. Um, but it's like, I mean, you know, it happened so fast. And the first time I saw it, I was just like, what the yeah. fuck just happened? I couldn't process it at all. And I still can't make heads or tails of it. Seeing it three times now. I well, definitely I mean, miss I, most of that. I yeah. know the scene of her being left on Jakku. Yes. Right. With the ship pulling away. The scene with her standing with the Knights of Ren after yes. they've slain what I assume is all the Jedi. That that's def. I mean, Kylo's I mean, there. Slain a bunch yeah. of people. I it's definitely that's, that's definitely that's what Luke's it is. Poor young Jedi, first mm-hmm. academy, whatever. Yeah. Um, now there's an interesting shot of a dude that's wearing like um, you know a, a Raiden hat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's swinging a club, and he gets stabbed from behind with Kylo's saber in that flashback. Now I've seen people arguing that that's maybe a Jedi. Um, you know, acolyte or whatever of Luke's that's trying to fight the Knights of Ren and gets killed. I've heard that maybe that's a Knight of Ren trying to kill Rey and it's Kylo saving her from them. I don't know. There's, like I said, you, it's clearly exposition and foreshadowing for not just what's coming on later in the movie. Stuff we'll find out over the next few years, whether it be in the movies and comics and books. I can't wait. And I d- honestly don't know that we're even going to get much of it until episode eight, but I can't wait until we start getting some some books and comics and stuff that fill in this oh, yeah. information for us. Yeah, because I really want to know what goes on, you know, to that first mm-hmm. Jedi class. Um, and we see the scene from the trailer, which we called, and I think everybody in, or on Earth called, is, is Luke putting his <laughs> hand on... On R2. Yep. And I think that's him probably burning the bodies. Like the fire that's off screen that we don't see. It's probably him burning that first class. The What's left of him. You know what I'm saying? And just a huge funeral power, pyre saying goodbye to R2. And then that's when he pimps off. Now, uh, elephant in the room. That scene and the, the following scene with Maz and Ray. The dialogue between Maz and Ray. Like I don't think I think it's a very unsubtle hint that she's Luke's daughter. I, I know feel, some people don't think that. I feel like they hit me over the head with it. The fact like, that that's Luke's yeah. daughter. She says the saber is called. Well, that was Luke's lightsaber. His father's before him, and now it's calling to you. Right. You know what I mean. <sighs> but I don't know. I hear. I can understand some arguments where people think she's not. I hear arguments where people think she is, and I'm like, that's just personally me. I'm going to have to be honest and just be bi- say I'm biased and say I want her to be Luke's daughter, so I'm biased. I mean, of course it could go either way, but there were quite a few clues that that could be the case. I think we might need to start re- uh, preparing ourselves for her not to be related to anybody in case that is the way they go, that maybe she was just – honestly, I think she was probably at the Academy – the Jedi Academy that got wiped out. 
Honestly, I think that is the case. And what happened at that academy is why she got left on Jakku. Now, it would make perfect sense that Luke is like, oh shit, they're going to be coming after me. I can't let them find my daughter. Maybe they think she's dead. You know what I mean? Or in that scenario, even if it's not his daughter. Or yeah, maybe she just survived somehow, and she was super showed super promise in the force. You know what I mean? Yeah, even if she wasn't his daughter, right? Even if she wasn't, maybe she, it could be almost an adoptive daughter type situation. You know, he got a force sensitive girl at the young age that you mm-hmm. want to train a Jedi, and maybe yeah. she was the only one that survived the purge. The only way he knew to hide someone is the way he was hidden on a desert planet, mm-hmm. on a remote desert planet with a remote watcher. And I wonder if maybe that's what that lore Santeca dude was there for. To remotely was, watch you know, her. Not raise her, but watch over her, make sure she was okay, since he was a follower of the light side of the Force. Now, the, the fan fiction theory that I've put together, and it is it's a, exactly that, it is, it's fan fiction, is that she is Luke's daughter. Uh, maybe Luke's mother, or Luke's, Ray's mother died in the purge on the Jedi temple trying to save Ray. And then sometimes I think that maybe Kylo spared her, spared Ray because it was his cousin or, you know what I'm saying? Cause you know, we've, they've tried to show us that at least up to this point, he's not all evil. Well, also if you, when he rages out, he takes that rage out on physical elements. He doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, if you were Darth Vader, you he would, he would have choked that he guy, choked that guy to death. Like, he would not have spared There's him. just certain things. So, like, okay, that, that scene you're talking about, the guy comes to tell him the droid escaped on an old YT Karelian freighter, and he flips out because he knows that's the Millennium Falcon. How the fuck is my dad's ship shown up after all these years, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. He flips out because it's freaking him out. And then she, he's like, a droid stole a freighter, and he's like, no, they were uh, FN two one eight seven was with them, and there was a girl, and then he really loses his shit when he's he like, says "what girl." When he turns his head and he's like, "What girl?" He, he forks that him part and brings him to him at the same time. That part makes me think he does know, have at least an idea of who she is. And that part where he's um, in, interrogating her and he's like, "Is it true? You're just a scavenger." Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, which I tend to do sometimes. So I, I have two questions, I guess, about that. Okay. I assume some her memory got changed some somehow. I think originally I thought maybe Kylo uh, wiped her memory because... He saved her. We, well, that and we've seen in the movie he's got weird mind powers. You know what I'm saying? He probes Poe's mind. He tries to probe Ray's mind, et cetera, et cetera. I think maybe it could have been Luke. And maybe even Kylo learned that technique from Luke and then changed it to sort of the dark side version of that. I kind of wonder if Luke was raising a purely defensive force power only sect of Jedi. Because, you know, he throws his lightsaber aside in Return of the Jedi. Symbolically saying, like, I'm not going to fight anymore. When he did the whole right before you failed your, or your highness... Yeah, I'm a Jedi. Does. He, he throws turns it down. Throws it down. Now he does. He he gets that lightsaber back in the last uh, shot of the movie where you see him all celebrating. He's got the lightsaber on his belt. But like the fact that Kylo can stop 
laser bolts with his hands. You know what I'm saying? It was badass. Yeah. And the fact that Kylo has a shitty saber, like maybe Luke just didn't trust him and training him on how to build a saber yet. You know what I mean? But it kind of makes me wonder if Luke's school of Jedi teaching was force powers and defensive only. You know what I mean? It's possible too because look at how much mastery Kylo Ren has of the force and the dark side of the force Mm -hmm. and still got his ass whooped by a novice like – well, see, that's the thing. Um, I've heard a little bit of complaints that, like, oh, Kylo's supposed to be badass, but he gets his ass whipped by. That's another thing that makes me think she's been trained and that there's, like, well, suppressed memories and training. I don't think so. And I, I also think it's the fact that Kylo doesn't have anybody to train him in saber fighting. True. And I, like you said, if Luke's wasn't focused on saber fighting, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be. But I don't... I don't necessarily feel like she's had any prior training. I feel like the Force is strong with her, and her ability to have to survive alone every day on a junk planet is enough to make her... I mean, that's true. To I make think, her defend her, to be able to defend herself. I think the fact that she has that flashback that deals with her backstory and getting left on Jakku, in that flashback she sees the Knights of Ren destroying the temple, makes me think she was there for that. And for what other reason would she be there for but training? Right. Now, was she super trained? Was she a full-fledged Jedi at five or seven or whatever? Definitely not. Obviously not. But I think she was at the Academy. At the very least, I think she was there training. I think maybe Luke wiped her mind. So, A, maybe he tried to sever her connection to the Force somehow so she couldn't be found. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because he knows kylo and the knights of ren and the first order are going to try and exterminate the jedi maybe he just put her power to sleep that's what i was wondering there's an awakening i think think that's when her power awakens again is when she touches that saber i think that starts to bring back her repressed memories and all the crazy shit that's been buried kind of like what think about it in the terms of like x-men what charles xavier does to gene gray's mind to keep the dark phoenix at bay yeah Think of it that way. Put up barriers. You know what I'm saying? Something, you know, sort of sci-fi and mystical like that. Um, I'm not sure how much I dig that. You know, messing with somebody's mind. With the force. Well, you know, I've heard even for the light it described this way in the Making Star Wars podcast, and it's very true. If you look at Star Wars chronologically, so it doesn't apply to the prequel trilogy, but if you look at the original trilogy after the prequel trilogy, the whole storyline is based off of fixing your pre- the previous generation's failures. Yeah. And Luke failed. Like, we want to think Luke is being perfect. He's not. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was the last... He had, not to say it's 100% his fault. He has a huge job on his shoulders to rebuild the Jedi Order when the dude, let's be honest, is not the most trained Jedi ever. He gets a little bit of time with Obi-Wan, a little bit of time with Yoda, and then they're like, go for it, kid. Go try to fucking bring balance to the Force. Yeah. Go you know what I mean? Go defeat a Sith Lord. Two. Two Sith Lords. Two Sith Lords. <laughs> so, you know, I think, like, there's going to be flaws. I mean, obviously, there were flaws in Han Solo, but he's always been flawed. But, like, you know, the the happy ending way you want to think of Han Solo is that after Return of the Jedi... He and Leia get married. Everything's fine. That's clearly not the case. They did for a while. They had a kid. They split up. Who they named Ben. Ben. After Obi-Wan Kenobi. Which, you know, 
in the expanded universe, Luke has a kid named Ben. I see. Um, and I always sort of thought it made more sense for Luke to name his kid Ben. But if you think about it, and I think maybe it was even you that was, I was talking about this with, Ben Kenobi is the reason Han and Leia even met. He's the whole reason they even got together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without Ben Kenobi, there is no Han and Leia together. Right. So I thought that was all right. Yeah. Um, Where'd you dig up that old fossil? So there is one, some some evidence about Ray in the book that's not in the movie. In you know the final duel, when she pulls the saber to her and ignites it, uh, Kylo freaks out and goes, "It is you." And that could mean a couple things. You know, it could mean that it is you, the son of, I mean, the daughter of Luke mm-hmm. Skywalker, or it is you, the. The one I missed. Right. The girl that I knew. I think maybe... Because I think there was a jealousy factor between Kylo and Rey at the Academy. Like, Kylo thought he was big shit. You know what I'm saying? He got sent to his uncle's Academy. I don't feel like she's old enough to have beef, you know, in a Jedi I don't think she has beef. Like, I don't think she's... six, you know. But I think... She show he felt she showed more promise than he did, and maybe she got more attention from Luke, and so maybe there was some some jealousy there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I do. But that might lead to her not being Luke's daughter. Cause yeah, it could be. You have to understand that Daddy's going to pay attention to her more than you. Right, right, and. You know, I'm okay if it's not Luke's daughter. I just really want it to be at this point. Like the the fact that Saber spoke to her and stuff really. Really? I mean, it seems like it to me. Well, an interesting, you know, I keep coming back to this. Keep talking, vamp for a second. I'll be right back. I, I keep coming back to this, but it was this. I think it was this Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel thing, mm-hmm. where he had, you know, submit questions for J.J. Abrams, and the question that George Lucas submitted was uh, for J.J. Abrams was what happened to Darth Vader's grandchildren. And that's not grandchild, but it is grandchildren, plural, meaning that, you know, Darth Vader supposedly has more than one grandchild. Right. The fact that that was plural leads me to believe that Ray is possibly another one of Darth Vader's grandchildren. I mean, that's that's a good point. I don't know. And I know that's building a house of cards on something very shaky. But I don't necessarily think so, because... Um, would you maybe open that window behind you? It's totally cool, but um, I think I d- I'm not exactly sure how much of that may have been George Lucas just fucking with J.J. Abrams a little right. bit, trying to get a little bit of a ra- ra- uh, like J.J. Abrams was like, I don't know, you tell me, man, you, you wrote made, this shit, you made all this shit up. Um, the thing is, you know, George Lucas was involved with the story at one point and then was no longer involved, I so see. maybe. He was just asking that as a jab to see what happened. You know. You, you know, and at that point, George Lucas had definitely not seen the movie. Right. So um, maybe in the original drafts and stuff, uh, it was made apparent that they both were, you know, before even the second movie. Yeah. So tell me why this is wrong then, Haas, because I always just assume that Luke wasn't going to get married. So, like... His wife missing to me is she's not missing. He never got married, and I don't necessarily know why. I always assume that, but I, you know, tell me why I'm wrong about that. I mean, I, I don't know that you are wrong. That could be very. It could have been that Luke doesn't even know he has a kid. 
You know what I'm saying? That like it could have just been a romantic evening with some hot lady on a, you know, an adventure. She bore the the kid of Luke Skywalker and then started getting hunted by the Knights of Ren, who felt Ray's presence in the Force. Um, you know, I'm not sure what school of thought the New Jedi Order will swing on mm-hmm. having mates and attachment because they say attachment. Well, that's what they said in Clone Wars when there was that discussion about Attack of the Clones. When then there was a discussion between oh, Anakin yeah. and mm-hmm. that's Padme. Part of why uh, she was like, "Well, attachment is forbidden." But yeah, we are in the encouraged prequels, to love. You know, they're they're basically priests. It seems like they're they're Warrior priests. And I mean, I, you know, Ben Obi Wan Kenobi didn't mm-hmm. he wasn't married? Right. Like there so could be was, there should be could be some iota of wisdom to the fact that you know any. Any creature is going to have basilar urges and the desire to mate. So, you know, you could still have a clerical order that did marry. I mean, that's... Yeah, I I mean... I'm saying I don't know which way it's going to swing. If they're going to go with the fact that Jedi can't have, you know... mm -hmm. I would Partners. just assume they were monking it and, like, basically celibate. Now, they could go that way. And it could be that, you know... It's not Luke's kid for that very reason. It could be that. Now, and this doesn't. This does not apply because it's not canon anymore. In the old EU, Luke did not follow that rule. Jedi got married. Jedi had kids, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like I said, Luke had a kid and a wife. Wife was Mara Jade, who got Actually, killed. I didn't know that. I read those. Mm-hmm. It was a long time ago, but yeah. So, um, you know, I I know a lot of people that are fans of the EU were big fans of Mara Jade. She was never a character that resonated with me. I was never a fan um, that much of her. Um, I know a lot of people would like to see that retroactively made canon again, even if it's just like, you know, dialogue in episode eight where he was like, I was with a woman named Mara Jade and we had you, Ray. That's not what how they would say it or something. But I know there's a lot of people that would be stoked about that. I just don't see that being the case. Um do you think there's any possibility that she's another of Han and Leia's kids? No. I think that would have surfaced by now. I do, too. I think Han would have known. Yeah, Han would have said something. Now, there were some scenes that made me kind of wonder, because like, she, she's so good in the Falcon. The, the, and the fact when like when the hyperdrive's overloading and she well, rips the stuff out. I mean, look at her pedigree. Even mm-hmm. if, she, if she's a Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker are ace pilots yep. by nature. I mean... If that's your pedigree, of course she's going to be an ace pilot yeah, by nature. But if she's know. a tinkerer, you know, tinkerer scavenger, she's going to know what she's doing. The fact, that, like, I think there's a one scene in the movie that I think is really telling that there's more to to her than just a random girl that was at the academy that got left on Jakku, et cetera, et cetera. And it's after Finn, or when Finn gets up from the table at Maz Kanata's and he's going to join the Crimson Corsair and the other alien and be on their crew, and Ray goes to try and stop him, Maz looks at Han and says, so who's the girl? Who's the girl? And then it cuts. You don't see his answer. Yeah. If it was, and it she's looks just like, a girl. Know, when, when she says, I didn't know there was so much green in the galaxy, mm-hmm. there's that look that he gives her that's got guilt, and then in some fuck it. It's like he feels really guilty, and then he's like, oh, fuck it. Do you think maybe he helped drop her off? I'm sure he did. He I'm sure he's her, one maybe? of the people that dropped, you know, he dropped her off. Well, maybe help coordinate that. I'm or... real sad that we're never going to see Luke and Han together again. Like, I know it's fanboy and it's fan fiction-y, but I really wanted a scene of the three together one more time, and we're not going to get that. I like 
uh, the reverence Han has for Luke. Like, I don't feel like Han or Leia necessarily even blame Luke for what happened to Kylo. It didn't seem like it. Maybe that they'll get into that in 8, and when Leia and Luke meet up again, there'll be some tension between them because of that. But I didn't see... Han was never like, well, Luke's a fuck-up. You know what I mean? Right. He was like, yeah, I knew Luke. And he's kind of got this little smile on his face. Oh, man. So the thing that's interesting to me is, like... If Luke isn't his parents, then who are? So that brings up all kinds. Because they got to be somebody. Like she, she, like she, like you said, she can't just be some random girl. I think we would have gotten that answer. Like I think it would have panned over to Luke uh, Han and be like, I don't know who she was. She just showed up on my ship with that that Finn guy and this droid that needs to get the resistance. I think Maz Kanata knows exactly who she is and knows that she needs to have that lightsaber. Yes, and does not want to tell her because it'll be too much. Is my opinion. She's the like same reason Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan didn't, didn't tell Luke at first, like, hey, Darth Vader's your dad. Um, what if, I mean, I guess it could be something fucked up, like Snoke is her dad. I, I, I don't see it. that. Because I think Snoke would have been more, Snoke didn't necessarily seem super interested in her, in her until she beat Kylo's ass. And um, resisted his torture. His yes. But he was never like, look, you need to capture her, et cetera, et cetera. Like, he wasn't even that stoked that... They got her instead she of the droid. She will join us or die. Yeah. Um, I, I like when they first go into Maz Kanata's castle and the first thing she asks Han is, where's, where's that, my boyfriend? Where's my boyfriend? I like that Wookiee. I like that part a lot. That she refers to Chewie as her boyfriend. That's Chewie awesome. was so fucking great in this, this one. And it was cool that Han got to shoot the bowcaster. Yeah. How is this the first time in like... 40 years he's ever gotten to fire Chewie's gun. And he does it twice in this movie. He asks for it the second time. Does it a couple times, yeah. Yeah. Can I see that again? I like that a lot. Um, I'll tell you what. So I was, you know, uh, the day of Star Wars was rough for me. Because I had to wait. I got up super early. For a day I had off. And I just hung around waiting for Star Wars. We went to dinner. And then as soon as we left dinner, we left at like 5 for a 7 showing. I figured we'll get there with like an hour and a half to spare. No, we hit the worst of all days. We hit the worst traffic. Oh, traffic. Oh. oh. I mean, bumper to bumper. And it took us damn near an hour to get to Trustville. And it's, 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 it's like a 20-minute trip. So I'm anxious. And then just how long have we been waiting for this movie specifically? I yes. love the prequels and I was excited about them, but the prospect of a sequel trilogy is always what I've wanted to see more. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. I'm glad I finally got to see the fall of Darth Vader, but what I really wanted was, I've to wanted see- to see this story since the first time I ever watched return, return of, of the, the Jedi. Jedi. When, exactly. When did Jedi come out? Uh, 83. Yeah, so, yeah. Since then. So I was been wa- waiting for this since I was eight, mm-hmm. 32 years. You've been waiting for this story. And then, like, do you guys remember? It's real stupid. Like, I, I, so I'm going to admit, I cried a bunch. I was a big pussy during this. The first showing, like, um, there was a commercial before where it's like two people talking on, uh, like, Facebook Messenger or something. And the girl's like, what do you choose, uh, light side or dark side? And then it says light side. And it shows all these, like, you know, articles about and clips of what the light side is. And then it does the same for, I got choked up at that. And I was like, this is going to be bad. I, at that point I knew it would be bad. Oh, I made it to the movie before I started tearing up, but, uh, and then, I, I mean, stupid shit yeah. like, okay. 
I've seen it three times. I don't tear up at the Han Solo thing anymore. It still gets me. It still bums me out. The first time, it was rough. Like, I was just sitting there going, no, 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 no. Because no. you know the minute they set it up where everybody see, like, everybody's watching, you're like, you know what's coming. Um, they telegraph it pretty well. Um, but I think the first one that was just, I was like, what is wrong with me is when Finn is talking to Ray and he's like, supposedly that droid's got a map that leads straight to Luke Skywalker. And she's like, Luke Skywalker. I thought he was a myth. I, I teared up. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, my favorite Ray moment though is a weird one. It's when she puts the X-Wing helmet, like she's outside the AT-AT eating dinner. And when she's done, she like puts the the X-Wing helmet on and is just like chilling out with it on. I love that scene. Perfect. Like I li- like I liked her immediately at that point. I was like, oh, Ray's perfect. Perfect. She is. She really is perfectly cast and perfectly executed. Um, And then what was some other weird stuff? Chewie and Han coming. I mean, it was I was a wreck. I was a wreck for that first showing because it was just a, that you're, we finally got our seats. We're in there. It's finally happening. There's nothing to be stressed out about anymore. And it was just a huge relief. Especially after all those previews. Oh. oh, my God. What felt like an hour of previews. None of them good. Well, maybe X-Men. X-Men. You know, there was a couple. I mean, that Gods of Egypt movie looks balls awful. Uh, and the Alien. Clash of the Titans. What was it? Clash of the Titans in Egypt is what it looked like. Oh, yeah, the fifth wave with yeah. Hit Girl. Right. Mm. Yeah. Looks kind of weak. Um, it took it took a while to get a good trailer package. Like The Jungle Book looked good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that looked pretty good. I got to say, I haven't been into any of these live-action Disney movies. Like, I'm not interested in seeing Maleficent or the Cinderella one or any of that. I just haven't seen them. I'm Jungle sure Book looks like it might be up Well, that my was own. my favorite Disney cartoon. So right. It's like... Right. I'm trying to think. I'll tell you one of the other things that I particularly liked. I like the updates on all the the fighters, like the Tie Fighters. I yeah, like the they're subtle updates. Right. Um, the the cool thing I will say this <laughs> about that X Wing, uh, Poe Dameron's black X Wing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That was awesome. It's cool, and he goes in for the final attack run, homage yeah. to A New Hope. He flips his wings in, like, and they goes into speed mode, not attack mode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Slips and inside, s- slips sideways, goes through that little crack, opens back up, hits all the regulators boom, boom, or whatever boom, boom, inside. Boom, boom, boom. In homage, kind of like an open area inside, kind of like Return of the Jedi. Yep. And then he slips back out again. See, this is the thing. A lot of people have been saying that it's too it's referential, too formulaic, it's, to a new hope. They have another to me, super reference, and they got to hit another to, special spot to blow it up. And I'm like, look, what man, the that's, fuck ever? That's, that's Star the Wars. Only way you destroy a super weapon. By now, the way, now look, like, I'm done with super weapons for this trilogy. We don't need another super weapon. No, I want our super weapons to be our bad guys. Good guys you know what I mean? Bad guys, yeah. So. Look, I get it. You got your super weapon out of the way. It was cool. I like Sun- Star Killer. All right, it's I, I don't hate it. It's not the highlight of the movie for me, but it looked we're good. pretty cool when it was uh, drawing in the sun, though. Oh, it did. It looked real cool. I thought the effect was cool. I thought the idea was cool. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that people got to find some way to bring down. Um, you know, something everybody else likes. And I got to be completely honest. Somehow, 
thankfully, I have heard very little negative reaction. I know a lot of cynical people, especially when it comes to movies or music or TV, and every single one of them have at the very least been like, yeah, it was really good. They haven't been balls out necessarily balls out crazy about it like I have, but they've at least been able to say, no, that that's a good movie. That was a good Star Wars movie. People have been real respectful of people that haven't seen it, too. They'll come up to me, have you seen it? I'll be like, yeah, and okay. then they'll get real close to me like, man, the way Han Solo died. Yeah, we... Not- um- we went sucks, to a, but it's okay. You know, he went out the right way. You know? We went to a dirty Santa party on Friday, and like, you know, I was minding my p's and q's, but I thought everybody did, that did see it was really good about not just being like, I can't believe Han died. Luke was only in the last second of the movie. Yeah, it wasn't like Dumbledore kills Snape. You know, like or, yeah. sorry, Snape kills Dumbledore or whatever. I had to be real careful at our party Saturday night because yeah. I was a little tipsy and I don't drink very often. And right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh uh you, uh jp almost gave away uh when we were sitting out by the the bonfire or the fire pit he was like now uh the han solo uh spinoff movie is harrison ford gonna be in that because and i was like yeah, well it's yeah i cut him off real quick but you knew he was saying that because well how's he gonna be in it he's dead he didn't understand the concept that it's it's young han solo not you know full-grown han solo um uh, but yeah, the the only person I've seen be negative about it is just this real douchey person on Twitter, who I'm pretty sure is a dude pretending to be a lady, but that's neither here nor there. And they're just trying to shit in everybody's cereal. And it, they they start off annoying me because they're one of those people that call everybody that doesn't agree with them haters. But they don't spell haters out even. They do H8TRS. Like, they're borderline uh, illiterate. Hey, and by the way, if you put the 8 in there, you don't need the T. <laughs> right, right. And and this person is like a, a super DC fangirl or fanboy and keeps talking about how, like, the characters weren't developed enough in uh, The Force Awakens. And people will be like, well, they were developed fine. And if you want more development, there's going to be two more movies. Right, that's part of the point. Right. And they're like, well, this movie was two and a half hours. That's the max you can make somebody watch, you know, a movie. And and then, like, uh, everybody, she comes back with, he or she comes back with, well, uh, in the Dark Knight, you got, uh, they developed the Joker fine, and that was just one movie. To which I argue, no, they didn't. You don't know a whole lot about Heath Ledger's Joker. You know a nothing lot of, about where he comes from. Uh, he's a crazy person. Exactly. So it's fine. It's fine. I'm not saying I hate it. But you also have 50, 60 years of comics that every, everybody knows who the fucking Joker is. That's, I doubt there's many, anybody that's going to go in to see the Dark Knight that's like, the Joker? I don't know who the Joker is. Hello, hello, hello. Well, that's fucked up. We had a little bit of fucking technical difficulties there. The whole universe is against us on this podcast, man. Oh, I know, right? Nobody so, wants to hear what we have to say about it. Um, this is the thing. Like, We're sort of rambling. It's been fun. I could talk about this movie all day, and we will. I think we'll cut it short, this, or we'll cut it off for this week, just because it's a little late. You guys got things to do tomorrow. I got things to do tomorrow. Um, but I think that'll probably do it for this week. Um, uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to have everybody we wanted to have on the super show come back. We're going to have Keith come back to talk some more episode seven. 
and also give us a little of his personal Star Wars history. Uh, Nutty and Miss Bone are going to come on. Steve is going to come on. Jeff is going to come on. Jesse's going to come on. We got a, a very special guest from the East Coast, the Northern East Coast, maybe somewhere around New Jersey. That's going to uh, be our first Skype guest. We got some stuff coming up this year. Um, Girls totally dig him. That's what I hear that chicks dig him. Um, you know, I, I was thinking the other day if this guy ever played uh, online poker, his online poker name should be Chips Dig Me. Oh, that'd be good. Um, but before we go, I want to ask uh, each of you guys this question. Where where do we go from here? What do you want to see in episode eight? Um, I, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about where it's going. Um, I just want to see it. I don't I know. have any particular I thoughts. I want it out it now. <laughs> um. As long as it's good as the this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, J.J. Abrams said today in an interview that the script for episode eight is so good that he's sad that he's not directing it. Sounds good to me. Oh, well, right. Oh. If, that, if there's ever a sentence to give me some hype, that's one of them. I want to see Jedi trained under Luke. Like, right. If it's just Ray, if it's Ray and Finn, <laughs> if it's whatever. I think it'll start off as just Ray. Yeah. I would say that by the end of this trilogy, or going into the next trilogy, if there's another one, we'll finally see the Jedi status quo reestablished. Finally, I would like. To see will that. it be a giant order that's centrally located, I'm or will sure it be not. more like a samurai and as apprentice type thing, where like there's maybe a couple of Jedi per system, and they have their apprentices? You Wan- know what I'm saying? Wandering. You know what I'm saying? Just. I don't know that it'll ever be another centralized Jedi temple type thing. It could be. I could be wrong. But it just seems like that hasn't gone well for them twice in a row now. Maybe they want to rethink that. I want to see just more development of the characters. I would like to see Kylo fully embracing the dark side now. I don't... Like, if there's going to be redemption, save that for the third movie. He needs a movie where we do not hear his little emo thoughts about being pulled to the light. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's a cool character development for this first one. I want to see full-bore evil evil Kylo. Me too. I either want to see him full-bore evil and commit and be the villain, or he needs to pretty soon deal with that tortured feeling and come back to the light because there's not – I don't know. If, if, if I mean, if he continue. comes back to the light in the second one, though, then I don't think it's even possible. For there to be a third one, he needs to do that in the third one. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if he does, I hope he sacrifices himself because I cannot see him being the hero in the next trilogy and me being like, I'm behind this dude. They're going to have to really write it well and execute it well to turn me around. Thus, we'll, and end, who a, knows? thus and, we'll end a branch of the Skywalker, you know. Yeah. And, and who knows, in a few years, I could be like, you know what? Kylo won me over, guys. I can't help it. I like the dude now. We'll see. Um, I want to see the relationship between Poe and Finn develop more because I like their like, buddy. Their buddy, buddy. They're almost buddy cop they type um, relationship. I want to see the development of how Luke and Leia interact with right. each other now. Um Luke hasn't Lando. been around people in a long time. No. You got to think. So he's been gone probably 15 years, 13 to 15 years. Yeah. Because if Ray was five to seven and she's 20, 20 to 20 something in this one. Right. You know, he's been gone about 15 years, I would think. So, yeah, maybe all that time in seclusion has made him a little like Yoda crazy. 
like Yoda is in The Empire Strikes Back. I think that could be not only cool to see Luke, I think that's a role that Mark Hamill would enjoy doing. Um, you know, not make him as, for lack of a better term, silly. Because Yoda's not necessarily silly in Empire Strikes Back, but you know what I mean. From the rest of the Yoda we've get, gotten to see in the other six, five movies. Right. Um, He's or old. four, really. He's just kind of old, you know, kind of laughing at his own jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would like, you know what I, I like to see in the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters come back? I want some new ships. I want to see, you know, don't just give me the next evolution of the Y-Wing, A-Wing, and B-Wing. I'd like to see those ships, but I want to see fucking You can give an me E-wing a, a Starfighter if it's cooler. Like A I'll double D-Wing. <laughs> double D-Wings are where it's at. Mm. I hear they've, they've got uh, motorboat capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I think that'll about do it for this week. I think that'll Thanks wrap it for up. coming over, buddy. Yeah, for having me on. Uh, uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. Hope you're down to come do it a, a few more times I now. Am. I know we've been talking about having you on, and you were all like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. Uh, you just got to get that first time through. Yeah. So, Pop my cherry. Thanks again. Uh, we want to remind everybody to um, check out Stoned Cobra and thank them for the theme song at stonedcobra.com. We also like to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. This Merry Christmas. Coming up Christmas week. But for Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast, I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. And I'm Keith Wanzak. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>